0: Welcome to The Think Podcast, the show that tackles impossible questions from a biblical perspective with your host, Joel Sedeckes. And now, get ready to think. Welcome to The Think Podcast with Joel Sedeckes. I'm Joel Sedeckes, and this is the show that tackles impossible questions from a biblical perspective to help you explain, share, and defend the Christian message. So let's go ahead and get right into it. Now, um, this is the first episode of season three. Hard to believe that we've been at this now for about two years and we are going strong. I took some time off for Christmas and uh, the holidays and man, we came right back uh, just in time to watch the collapse of the United States. Uh, Lord willing, that won't happen. But man, as um, troops are occupying or um, we could say securing the United States Capitol. And um, as the Biden inauguration is impending and in light of the storming of the United States Capitol on January 6th and the big tech purge and all of the lockdown orders and people defying lockdown orders around the world, a lot of Christians have on their minds the topic of tyranny. And that's what we're going to talk about today is tyranny. Now, quick note, a couple of quick notes. One, you can um, comment below this video whether you're watching on Facebook or YouTube if you're watching live, if you are listening via podcast later on. Can I ask that you would give us an honest five-star rating and review and help us get the word out about this podcast. Now, if you're watching live, go ahead and subscribe. You can like our like this video. Um, and our page on Facebook. And then please subscribe to our YouTube channel and make sure you hit that bell so that you don't miss any of our excellent content as season three of the ThinkPod begins. So today we are talking about how should Christians respond to tyranny. Now, in this video, I'm not going to be giving any predictions about the Biden administration. Um, I'm not going to be giving any predictions about what the appointment of Rachel Levine, um, the man who is a self-proclaimed transgender uh, individual, who uh, uh, his his appointment to the Uh, assistant, the position of assistant health secretary for the United States. And if you're wondering why I call him a him and not a her, I did a podcast on that last year called What Pronouns, or maybe it was 2019, What Pronouns Should We Use for Transgender People? You should go check that out as well. That was from season one. Um, I'm not going to be making any predictions. My goal instead is to provide you with the necessary Christian worldview analysis, biblical analysis for thinking about how to respond to tyranny if, when, and where, and how tyranny rears its ugly head. I'm not saying it will or how it will. Um, and you might say, Joel, we're we're already experiencing tyranny. To a certain extent, you're absolutely right. But I think we all know that compared to what Christians have faced the world over, th- over the last 2,000 years, what we're experiencing now could be just the tip of the iceberg. And again, we need to pray that it's not. But let's talk about how we should respond to tyranny in light of scripture. Hey, Joel here, founder and lead teacher of the Think Institute and host of this podcast. I wanted to let you know about something really exciting that's coming up soon. I've been hosting the Think Pod for nearly two years and I've loved speaking with some of the most fascinating minds out there. Well, one of my most fascinating guests and I have decided to partner up and take on a new project. I'm talking about the noted apologist, Sai Ten Bruggenkate. He and I will be launching our new limited run podcast called Answer Anyone at the end of January. You'll be able to join us as we dig into the toughest objections to Christianity using the method that Sai is known for that I talk about on the ThinkPod Presuppositional Apologetics. And we're going to reveal to you how you can biblically and effectively defend the truth of the Christian message. We will be rolling out new episodes of Answer Anyone with Sai Ten Bruggenkate later this month, right here on the new Think Institute Network. And there's a great way for you to support the show, even as we prepare to launch. You can partner with Sai and myself by going to patreon.com slash answer anyone. Why not go check it out right now? Now, in Exodus chapter 1, verses one Through chapter 2, verse 10, we see the following. Let's look at these tyrannical circumstances. Pharaoh, fearing the growing number of the power, the growing number and power of the Hebrew people who were living among them, began to deny the Hebrews their rights of property and liberty and to enjoy the fruit of their labors, and he began to subject them to forced labor. Um, When they continued to grow in strength and number, later on, recognizing the danger that boys, who under normal circumstances grow up to be men, posed to his tyrannical state, Pharaoh ordered the midwives of the Hebrews to slaughter their male children. The females could survive, but the males they uh, had to kill. See, Pharaoh's goal was to emasculate the entire nation of Hebrews so that They wouldn't have any fighting men, and uh, essentially he would eradicate an entire generation of potential fighting men, and therefore would secure his own power. Um, Pharaoh's orders grew more and more diabolical over time. First it was forced labor, then it was um, early infanticide, then it was um, literally throwing born male toddlers into the Nile um, and killing them. So out of this circumstance, we saw a, uh, a really amazing example of a godly response to tyranny. Now, there were these two Hebrew midwives, Shifra and Pua, and they resisted the tyrannical mandate of the, um, of the Pharaoh. They refused to comply and they delivered the Hebrew children, male and female, and they refused to kill the males. They actually lied to the government officials who questioned them about it, saying that the Hebrew women were too hardy and that they gave birth before the the midwives could arrive. Of course, that wasn't true. The midwives did arrive and they did help deliver these babies, but they lied to the government authorities. And in doing all this, they were actually loving God and loving his people, and they were also taking their own lives in their hands by resisting this evil tyrant. Now, what did God think of Shifra and Pua and the actions that they took? Well, as a result of their faithfulness, God rewarded Shifra and Pua with their own families. God approved of their resistance to tyranny and their refusal to sell out God's people. And here's the thing, they didn't do anything out of the ordinary. They just simply kept on doing what they were called to do, namely serving God's people by delivering babies. And today, as a result, their names are memorialized forever in Hebrew scripture. They are immortalized in God's word. So what's the lesson that we learn from Shifra and Puah? What does this teach us? It teaches us this, God approves of obedience in defiance of tyranny. God approves of obedience in defiance of tyranny. Now that sounds pretty cool, obedience in defiance of tyranny. But when we come when it comes down to brass tacks, this is not always easy to do. It's not easy to to disobey tyranny and obey God. Why is tyranny hard to resist? Because in our hearts, we fear Punishment. We fear pain. We fear disapproval. We want to be comfortable and call us crazy. But the idea of continuing to obey God in the face of threats from those in power, whether it's the government or society or other power structures, seems to threaten our bodily comfort. Furthermore, think about what a bad reputation we'll get if we become known as those who go against the accepted norms and laws. Why, it could even damage our evangelism, we think. But how does the gospel itself answer our fear of resistance to tyrants? Look how the gospel improves our thinking. Like those midwives, Shifra and Pua, Jesus faithfully kept on going with his father's plan, even in the face of every incentive to stop. Jesus received threats from King Herod in Luke 13, 31, and even rebukes from his own disciple, Peter, his right-hand man, in Matthew 16, 22. Jesus had just gotten done talking about how he was going to be betrayed, crucified, and killed, and Peter took him aside and straight up rebuked him and said, God forbid, this will never happen to you. And how did Jesus respond? I just read this passage with my kids this morning. He said, get behind me, Satan, for you are not focused on God's plan, but on man's. See, in spite of the temptation that Jesus faced. Jesus willingly embraced the shame of his mission, according to Hebrews 12.2, and he humbled himself even to the point of death by crucifixion, according to Philippians 2.8, in obedience to God. And as a result, he, like those midwives, Shifra and Pua, was immortalized, in that he literally was immortalized. He rose from the dead, he conquered the grave, and he received glory and honor, and immortality, which is what Hebrews 2.7 says will come to the one who diligently seeks after those things. God will give him eternal life. And Jesus, um, of course, we know that there's only ever been one who's diligently sought after glory, honor, and immortality, perfectly, and that's the Lord Jesus Christ. Jesus also received his rightful place as king over all governments. Jesus is the true king, the just king, who will one day judge all the tyrants and the despots of this world, both ancient, I'm looking at you, Pharaoh, and modern. And he, Jesus, is the one that we follow. So, how does this help us respond to tyranny now? Well, now we can be free from fear of punishment, fear of pain, fear of disapproval. You see, Jesus took on all the disapprob- uh, disapprobation all the condemnation that this world could muster, and Jesus shook it off. United with Jesus by faith, we have nothing to fear, and we have everything to gain in obeying God. Yes, we might die. We might die because of our resistance to tyrants. This is implied by Jesus himself in Matthew 16, 24, when he says that anyone who wants to follow him must deny himself, take up his cross, and follow him. But those who would kill us, as the saying goes, can never truly harm us. Now, does this mean that we go around looking for laws to transgress in the name of resisting tyrants to obey God? Does this mean we go around looking for capitals to storm? No, but it does mean that we will faithfully, meaning consistently, and also trustingly, trusting God, faithfully keep obeying God, doing, saying, and thinking what He commands, following the example, not just of Shifra and Pua but of the Lord Jesus Christ himself, without fear of government or society or anything else. That's how Jesus won, and that is how we will win. First John five four says this, For whoever has been born of God overcomes the world, and this is the victory that has overcome the world, our faith. So I hope this is helpful for you as you think about Ty, uh, tyrants and resisting tyrants um there's a couple of questions i want to address from you guys before we close out first one is from donna flentgy donna welcome back to the channel i know you got uh unsubscribed from our youtube channel i'm not sure how that happened although i have an idea hashtag purge uh donna says we just discussed this in our fellowship this week if and when it's okay to lie to uphold god's will you know what donna in scripture we have examples of lying, both uh, not only from Shifra and Puah, but also from Rahab, the prostitute who lied to protect the Hebrew spies in the land of Canaan. And um, uh, we could, you could make a strong biblical case that while the Bible prohibits us from lying and bearing false witness against our neighbor in order to subvert justice, you could make the biblical case. A very strong case that God actually approves of withholding the truth or even um, misrepresenting the truth in order to protect innocent lives or to further uh, God's righteous plan. Now we got to be careful with this because this isn't just a carte blanche approval of lying as in, uh, you know, just uh, lie whenever you think it's expedient, nothing like that. But Shifra and Pua, um, you know, there there actually could have been some truth in what they were saying. The Hebrew women may very well have sometimes delivered before the midwives got there, but it's pretty clear that what they were doing was they were being faithful and they were withholding truth from someone who didn't deserve the truth, from someone who would have used the truth to end innocent lives. Now, deciding when and where to implement this principle is a matter of um, great caution. It's a matter of listening to the Holy Spirit. And if someone wants to push back on that and say, no, we have to always tell the truth. You know, when the government comes looking for, you know, Jews in your house, you you uh, you need to let them know and then just trust the results to God. You know, I, I don't take that approach. I actually think that, you know, if the Nazis are looking for Jewish people and you've got them harbored in your house, you know, I, I, I think you, uh, I don't think the, um, I don't think that those Nazis, those Nazi guards are entitled to that information. Um, I, I think that you are more than justified in saying, nope, no, there's no uh, innocent people here, move along. And um, in doing so, you are taking your own life in your hands as well. But there's a uh, there's a proverb that says, I think it's Proverbs 24, that talks about, you know, don't stand idly by while the innocent are being led away to the slaughter. And sometimes that's going to mean withholding truth or, um, or even lying to evil, tyrannical government representatives who you know are going to use that information to take lives. Um, you might want to file that under the category of when Jesus says, "The Sabbath was made for man, not man for the Sabbath." In the same way, we don't need uh, we don't need to tell the truth to someone who's going to use that truth to murder innocent lives. Um, God cares about people more than he cares about us telling the truth to murderous regimes um, and listen if you don't believe me on that you you want to push back that's okay shifra and puah were commended for it and rewarded by god for it and there's no hint of condemnation there and this and the same thing goes for rahab as well rahab is never condemned and you might say yeah but she was a pagan uh, she was only doing what um you know what she thought was right okay maybe but rahab Gets a commendation in Hebrews eleven, the faith hall of fame. And so, Donna, you followed up by saying, "Yeah, we brought up those examples too. God ultimately doesn't need us to lie because He's in control of the outcome, but we do see approval for lying in the face of protecting the innocent." I I think you mean uh, lying in the face of uh, of those who would destroy the innocent and uh, with a view to protecting them. Yeah, I, I think it's justified. I do. I'm not super comfortable with that, but I think that's the biblical. um, Example. Um, I'm happy to have that conversation, and I'm, I'm happy to be open to correction on that. Uh, Nick Smekler, uh, sorry Smelker, also answered uh, asked that same question. Did God approve of their lie? I think it's clear that He did. I think it's clear, viewed in in context. I think that they were resisting tyrants. I think that they were protecting the innocent. I think they were being faithful to God. So yeah, I, I think that God did approve of that. Um, Yeah, I'm happy to to experience, uh, to to interact with pushback on that. Okay, if there are no more questions, let me just um, encourage you to sign up for the Think Update email list by going to thethink.institute. By the way, you can also book me to come and teach an evangelism or apologetics or um, biblical worldview course at your church or group. And uh, you can do that by going to thethink.institute or by emailing me at thethink.institute at gmail.com. And, you know, my wife and I are support-raising missionaries through an organization called Crew, and you can partner with us if you like the work that we're doing by going to give.crew.org slash one zero one eight eight four one. Again, that's give.crew.org/slash one zero one eight eight four one. Now, um, if you haven't done so yet, please like this page on Facebook and subscribe to our YouTube channel, and hit that bell so that you get notified whenever we drop some new content to equip you for your spiritual journey. Also, be sure to come back at. 2 p.m. for my interview with atheist and skeptic philosopher and YouTuber, Travis Pangburn. Travis and I are going to be talking about why he is not a Christian, and that should be a fascinating discussion. Also, if you're a believer, please pray for that discussion, will you? Because I want it to go well. Of course, I'm approaching it from a biblical perspective, and um, I want to represent the gospel well. I want to represent the Lord Jesus Christ well. So please be praying for that interaction, and uh, tune back into this channel or this page at 2 p.m. Central Time, which is noon Pacific, 3 p.m. Eastern Time. All right, so I hope this was helpful to you. Remember that this is not goodbye. This has just been a little stop along the way of your spiritual journey. That's about all I have for you right now, so until next time, I hope it made you think